Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The New Nasty Boys. I'm your co-host this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you decide to listen to this thing or watch. And stay next to me is my co-host, Chris Wee. Welcome to the podcast, Nasty Nation. Nasty Nation. I love it. I know. I'm going to start throwing that in. That's great. Mm. Please drop it as much as possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it only took me till the end of the season, but hey, I added on to it. I started with my name. I was like, hey, pump the brakes. Don't do anything too rash. Now I'm adding Nasty Nation. I love it, dude. <laughs> yeah. You now have your own trademark new Nasty Boys slogan. Anyone can use it. It's for the nation. It's for, <laughs> it's for the nation. For I'm the- a man of the nasty people. <laughs> of the democracy that is Nasty Nation. <laughs> Absolutely. Is it a democracy, oligarchy, or is this a totalitarianism? situation where we're the fearless leaders it is unfiltered chaos that's what it is <laughs> i love that yeah no government no rules yeah just running around do what you want yeah, have yeah. fun we have we have a couple rules you can't be you uh you can't like the cardinals goes without saying yeah i can't like the pirates Mm-mm. uh why would you bad taste bad terrible taste <laughs> uh you can't like the cubs well you can like them we've had a few of them on yeah they're fine uh, but yeah, and then you, you get Brewers. You just can't like, even though they're about to slip back into mediocrity yeah. and be a poverty franchise yeah. again. Also, no Irish. <laughs> can't have. Look, we got to have some standards here. <laughs> yeah, next season we'll have a sign right here that says "No Irish need apply." <laughs> <laughs> Move it along, Bucko. <laughs> Beat it, O'Reilly. <laughs> Beat it. Beat it, you potato poacher. Scram. <laughs> Take you and your jalopy on out of here. <laughs> okay, great. I'm really excited for the no Irish thing next season. That's going to be great. Yeah, Sam, it's about time. It's about time we take back the Irish. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Move them down a peg. Move them down. They need it. They've been having it too good for too long. Exactly. They've been throwing it on our faces this whole time. Oh, then even worse, Irish Catholic? Gross. Looking at you, looking at you Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed fucking Sheeran. God. He's just like a... He's just like if Pitchfork made the leprechaun at goddamn Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It just sounds... I, I don't know much about his music. It was the first, like... I, I, I'm assuming he's Irish. Here's the... the uh, he's, some, he's some kind of... Some kind of over-the-pond gross. So, <laughs> it's... He, he, he's a creation of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. So, immediately off the bat, no thank you. He's a creation of Taylor Swift? Oh, did, like, Taylor bring yeah, him under Yeah, he was her opener, opening for her for a while, and then... Then he blew up because of that. And now he's the tight end for the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. Yeah. Actually, we need you to play safety, Ed. We need you on the practice squad. Get in there. Leave oh. the guitar. Oh, God. Did you see the NFL is simping real hard for Taylor Swift? It's bad. I think I did see some stuff where they're really leaning into it. But my goodness, is she's actually like just uh, quadrupling ratings for like the NFL. I'm not quite sure what she's doing, but she's having an effect. She's ruining my day. Oh, for real? That's what she's doing. Oh, God. I, you know, I fucking hate Taylor Swift. Come at me, Swifty Nation. I want the views for the hate. Yeah, please. I hate Taylor Swift for so many reasons. Uh, I didn't know this. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm indifferent. Uh, oh, God. One, it will start with, uh, we can start with the National. She took my boys, the Dressner twins, and then took Easy to Find, and then she's like, I like that, and that, and that, and then had somebody else write lyrics over it for Folklore, which people say, oh, that's like her best album. Yeah, it's a fucking National album. I did notice, because I always went to listen to some of the National songs, because I didn't really know much about them, but mm-hmm. then like Taylor Swift popped up mm-hmm. a couple of times, so is she just like kind of like... Uh, assembling like her dream team of artists, and then she gets to front that outfit. Bingo! Mm-hmm. It's exactly what she does because she's not talented. Yeah, dude. Like I don't know that much about her, but she does seem like every time I hear like her songs, it, they just do nothing for me. And she does seem like very medium at everything <laughs> yeah. that I've ever heard of her. Yep. 
She is the definition of just what a PR machine wants out of a pop star. Yeah. Not controversial, doesn't take any controversial takes, doesn't really actually say anything ever, and mm-hmm. just shills Diet Coke and Capital One. Yeah, dude. It did feel like when when she came to Cincinnati and I was driving, I drove past the stadiums for it. You know, uh, I just kind of wanted to see... It. It all looked like an amalgamation. It it, did, it looked like AI of just like forming a crowd of like white women wearing like pink cowboy hats and boots. Yep. It did feel like there was like it had the energy of a Coca Cola commercial. <laughs> so I can definitely see like why like all these companies and people would want to like back her. Yeah. And she's just a perfect vehicle uh, for marketing. Yeah. She is the white version, like the Trader Joe version of guacamole. Yeah, it's I there. A lot of people love it, but it really doesn't add much. It doesn't have much flavor to it. Yeah, dude, she's kind of like uh, the the way people just kind of like go about like her eras, her albums. She, she's like uh, this white woman cosplay for personalities. Yeah, the PSL of woman. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be the cowboy this time. I'm gonna be the pink skirt girl. <laughs> Don't, dude, should we actually just ever ask if she has some issues? Do we ever ask that of her? No. Because we're just like, nah, she's just boring. Uh, you know when like, you were in high school and people wore rubber bands? Mm-hmm. You walk up and you would just snap them yep. off? I want to do that with anyone who wears a friendship bracelet. Yeah. I just want to come up and just It is it. really silly. It does seem... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, from an outsider standpoint. Uh, Reds, baseball stuff looks kind of weird. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just everything about... like I just don't understand the degree of fascination around something that seems... So banal. It just seems so vanilla. Yep. Yeah, that's because that's exactly what she is. Dude, and then the biggest thing that bothers me is she's not actually like a feminist. And this is coming from a straight white male. So hear me okay. out. Uh, anytime that anyone like would come and make it like there was one time that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler made a joke about her. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a joke on Weekend Update. And then she went online and like activated the Swifties and was like, this isn't a woman looking. This isn't women looking out for women. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's a fucking joke. Yeah. You are just activating your fans to attack two other women who made a joke about you. Yeah, that's not cool. That's not cool. That's not nice. And she's done that multiple times throughout her career. If anyone just besmirches her a little bit, just the Swifties come out like, no, you're a bad person. Maybe they're right and you are just a shill for this pop icon. Ugh. God, I hate her. I now I really like that the fireworks were going off from the Red Stadium while she was playing and doing her solo, like her piano thing. Oh, oh that was great, dude! I was howling, laughing because I was standing by the stacks when it happened. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, they're fucking her." <laughs> oh, one thing I do, I do dislike about maybe it's not necessarily Taylor Swift, but it, the fascination around her. People will say, and I'm I'm sure they're right. I'm sure they're right that she puts on a phenomenal show. Sure, I'm sure. I'm also sure if you put a million dollars into any production, it's going to be somewhat stimulating. Yeah. Like, how could it... She could be the most dog shit performer, but if you have that many LED things and 50 different dancers and stuff, you don't even have to look at the star. You can look at whatever. You can look at the people dancing next to you. I'm sure it's a good time. Oh, I bet it's a great time. Yeah. If that's your thing. Yeah. Not my thing. I think it's the least unique concert experience ever. Mm-mm. You've got 75,000 people that are screaming the same lyrics as you. Yeah. What makes you so different? And, like, I don't fucking know. Like, it's just so boring. Like, music, it's supposed to accent, like, accentuate your personality, show who you are. And you're just like, yeah, I'm just, I just follow the crowd. Yeah. Also, anytime, I'm just, now I'm thinking more stuff. Anytime <laughs> I have ever read or heard someone explain, Taylor Swift lyrics, their explanation is always more interesting than the lyrics themselves, which doesn't say a lot about the artist. Because like, I was like, I don't think Taylor meant to say that, because what you said sounded better, and that just sounds like she put a couple words together. Yeah. It just seems like it sounded better in like her basic you know, uh, rhyme stanza or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy who produces her stuff was one of my, one of the main producer, one of my favorite artists. Uh, he was in this band called Bleachers. And yeah. He was in Fun. I, I forget his name. I, every time. Jack Antonoff. Amazing musician. Mm-hmm. Awesome indie pop music. And then she's like, mine. You're mm-hmm. in here with me now. And it's like, ugh. You can just hear him in her music. And you're like, I know exactly where that fucking came from. That's yeah. not unique. That's someone else that you're just like, here. Uh, yeah, can you, I'm just, just give me that. 
Can you give me that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Okay. And like all of all these other artists, like uh, talents are being associated with her. Right. Yeah, it's just this weird amalgamation of stuff yeah. that doesn't belong to her. You throw out <laughs> so much money, it's supposed to be that good. Like I say the same thing about like I love Beyonce. I think she's extremely talented, but as much money and connections as she has. As much like that she throws at her albums are supposed to be spectacular. Yeah, and they are. Yeah, she puts on great stuff. Show me something that you throw a million dollars into the production that's just dog shit. Put that in front of my face. I might watch it. It's you know what we we put a million dollars into this podcast. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it still looks like dog shit. Eh, it's all right. It's all good. But we're we are staying on topic though. We said <laughs> are rant. we? We just no. went like ten minutes about Taylor Swift. I know that's what I was saying. It's like we did not plan on uh, doing any of that. Oh, I fucking hate her. So I've been holding that in because I was being polite in the middle of the year, and then now I'm just like ugh, no yeah we it's the end of the year so i mean we're leaving it all on the table <laughs> we're leaving it out there dude. yeah oh man uh, so we don't even need to get into our week we just covered it with how much we hate taylor swift yep i actually got like passionate i'm a little sweaty i've got a nice glisten i can feel that i can feel that aura coming off it's you just kind of raised up also that's a little fart i can i can smell that oh that's not a fart I, I i made sure to fart in the car before i got into your house oh. so that way it's there for me later oh nice yeah. that's pretty good nice little treat for you yeah it's like a like a sensi for my car ah. yeah, it's nice uh the reds the, the season's over that's a bummer Joey Votto potentially took his last AB as a Cincinnati Red, mm-hmm. and he only had one AB. And what happened? Well, we got that moment robbed of us of being able to all collectively watch and appreciate what could be Votto's last at bat, you know, playing baseball. But we didn't get to see that because he got ejected uh, before the start of the second inning because uh, an umpire decided to be an ump. Decided to do the ump show. Was being a a baseball cop. Could not tolerate Joey Votto in between innings. uh, He got tossed for arguing balls and strikes, but he did it in between innings, not on television. Did not even look up like when he got a very blatant call inside. And I remember watching that thing like, is Votto going to say anything to the ump at that uh, point? No. Didn't do anything. Finished out the at-bat. Foul tip, strikeout, I believe. And so... Cut to commercial, and then you see Votto when you come back arguing with the umpire. He came out after he was already tossed by the ump to get his money's worth. The umpire had no idea that this might be Votto's last game. How, like, disassociated and removed from your job are you that you don't know that? That is baffling and very concerning. Yeah. It's just one of those things where they're on a fucking power trip. And they're like, I gotta, I gotta prove my dominance. I gotta show how important my role is before I'm replaced by robots in 2026. I gotta show up Hall of Famer Joseph Daniel Votto. Yeah, it's numerous things. It's not just the fact of his ignorance and not knowing the situation, but also approaching it just like the very thin-skinned uh, types of umpires that we're seeing where they cannot tolerate any bit of criticism and will throw you out. And they pretend like these things are like sacrosanct. Oh, you cannot argue balls and strikes. Well, why the fuck not? <laughs> why? It's fine. Let, like, yeah. dude, it, it, tolerate something. Yeah, it's the only profession I know where you can't be corrected for doing a bad job. No, dude. Could you imagine like how? Like, do you see the way uh, refs in football get chewed out on the sidelines? Oh, dude, soccer. They go up and they huddle around the they huddle around the main ref. They yell in his face. Sometimes they're touching, grabbing, and like they're jerking off in there. I've watched the videos. <laughs> yeah, they're spitting on it. The Brazilian ones are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good Brazilian spit roast. No. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, like, and and they they are given explanations too while they're getting a card or whatever, but they're still like right, right in there. Whereas baseball, it's like, hey, that was a bad call. I'm, cl- I'm yelling at you from thirty feet away. You're bad at your job. You're very bad, and it's like, yeah, you're out of here. Yeah, that's the thing, dude. He was in a dugout, so removed. If you can't have that conversation, I mean, of course, it's gonna be a little loud. He he was like 30, 40 feet away, and it was. Vado wanted to make sure he didn't on television show up the ump. And also, he's probably thinking, my last game, maybe. I don't want that to be the zone for the rest of this. Yeah. So let me just reassure the umpire 
that that was indeed inside by about seven inches. Yeah. Yeah. God, it was so bad. Yeah. And, and just honestly, though, him going out like that is the most Vado way for him to end his career. Absolutely. Very poetic. He goes out protecting the zone. Yeah, goes out protecting the zone. And how many times has he just lost his cool? Face to face with Ted Timmons and just like screaming, screaming at umps for their terrible strike zone. And that's it. That's how he goes. He's like, I'm protecting the zone. I'm protecting my team. This last game means a lot. And I'm done with it. Yeah. It just, see ya. And then explodes. My favorite thing was what Joey tweeted after. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to? Well, uh, I, I don't want to. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was just like the ending. <laughs> the end. I guess I can't yell at umpires from the dugout. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Very Canadian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my favorite part. He apologized. <laughs> Very Canadian thing to do. Uh, tradition to apologize profusely. Yeah. And with a, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, uh, dude. It was just we all felt like that little girl in San Diego. Yeah, dude. Was <laughs> crying because Joey got tossed. For for fuck for just another bad call in the zone, like we were all that girl that on Sunday, just like, but that's it. Yeah, maybe, dude. Uh. We, I mean, although that is a thing that people will remember, it's like, dude, his he got tossed his final game. That's how passionate this dude is. God, but we got robbed. Of Joey Bo- Joey Votto's final at bat to be able to like all collectively, you know, experience that because an ump wanted to show up a future Hall of Famer. Yep, pathetic. It's a, it's a, it's embarrassing. It's honestly embarrassing, and it really is. The umpires union should be embarrassed. Absolutely. How do you not know that? And also, hey, let's have a little come to Jesus moment here and figure out what what are we doing? Why is it there is this little passion in baseball? We can't tolerate the the slightest iota of criticism. God, babies. Giant babies. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I guess they never get written up. I guess they can do no wrong. Mm. The fraternal order of umpires. We need to get those umps cams turned on. We need those body cams on for umps. Oh, God. That's what we should do. We need to make a fraternal order of umps like logo. <laughs> the thin blue line would be perfect. It's already yeah. a thin blue line. Of the thin blue strikeout. The, the, thin, the thin blue zone. There the thin blue zone line. Found yeah. it. Yeah. God, that's so fucking funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, now we I, can got make a pro- a shirt. I got a project for you. There we go. There it is. <laughs> hey, here's some more work for you to do. Hey, sure. Hey, here it is. Uh, Votto was the only guy on Sunday who was leaving the game. Well, Votto Potentially, probably, most likely, I'm going to say 80% that he's done. I'm just going to go out on that limb. But another guy who retired on Sunday, Adam Wainwright, Mm -hmm. going straight from the field right up to the booth. And it's such a bummer to see him go because the Reds fucked him up his entire career. Yeah, the Reds owned him, and that was great. God, it was awesome. So I got the numbers in front of me. Uh, Adam Wainwright... Gave up 34 home runs to the Reds, which is the most home runs he's given up to one team in his career. In 41 games, a 279 average, highest out of any ML team. It's tough with the interdivision, with uh, you know interleague play, so there are a few little stragglers, two or three mm-hmm. up top, but we had 41 games in 279 and a 796 OPS, most. Against any NL team, man, it just sucks because you know every you know you were looking forward to seeing him. Oh yeah, dude! In that lineup, and it's just like nope. And this isn't this is forty one games. We're batting uh, about two eighty off <laughs> this guy. So yeah, we really will miss Adam Wainwright. God, it's going to be such a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they find another soft tossing cuck. <laughs> I heard he already put that dog down. <laughs> And then they, they were like, oh, let's have him pinch hit. Isn't this going to be cute? <laughs> it wasn't cute. I mean, he struck out. He hit two, he hit two, uh, two like foul balls that were decently hit. But then what happened was he ended up being just like that puppy. Mm-hmm. Walking back scared with his tail in between his legs, baby. Yeah, I got put right back down. Right back down. <laughs> uh, but just in all seriousness, fuck Adam Wainwright. It's going to it's just, it fuck the Cardinals. But, yeah. God, you know. All right, I'm just kidding. He's, he's going to be, you know what? I will say this. He's going to be way better in the booth than he will be on the mound at GABP. For sure. Yeah. 
Take it. Take it. Suck it, you millionaire. Congratulations. You just retired. Yeah. You idiot. You buffoon. Stupid. D- dumbass. Mm. Dangus. Got him. But yeah, I wanted to roast him one last time before he takes that trip up to the booth and Fox and hopefully replaces John Smoltz, but. Oh, really? Oh, man. man, I think listening to Adam Wainwright is going to get really irritating. Just like the level of arrogance anytime that you hear like the Cardinals people speak. He's great. Oh, for real? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's been doing it since 19. Oh. He's, dude, he's very good. Okay. So, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely I'll, excited. I'll withhold, I'll withhold judgment. Well, yeah, well, watch the postseason. He's going to be doing all, all the games. Interesting. Uh, well, I mean, for Fox, he'll be doing. Oh, my God, that's something else, too. I mean, go back to Votto. I mean, I can't, we didn't touch on that, but like just to what degree Votto will remain in baseball if this is indeed. But even after, uh, in the booth, in the dugout, hearing Votto talk about anything, that'd be terrific. I think he's going to start a podcast. I really do. I that mean. would be dope. Of, oh, my God. Yeah. That seems perfect for Votto. It does. Uh, just wanted to throw it out there, Joey. When when your career does end, we do have room for a third chair. Mm-hmm. If you just want to come and, and just hang with us. You got to bring your own chair. We only got these two, <laughs> and they're about ready to break. Yeah, I got, we got to replace this one. There's... Uh, I'm, I can't really squat a whole lot more on here. I really thought that it was going to break before the end of the season. And now I, I kind of like held off fixing it because I thought it'd be perfect if it snapped <laughs> at 162. Oh, it'd be great. But instead, it's going to... Oh, I'm it's testing barely it. holding on. I'm testing it over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But the Brats missed the playoffs by two games. Mm-hmm. Not one, not three, but two. It was heartbreaking. To say the least, after you know the week we had before, with right. just the complete downfall and the pitfall that we went through, and then to still be that close going in to the weekend with the Cardinals, and then just to not pull it out, it sucks a lot. But in the grand scheme, like we've been talking, mm-hmm. really cool that they have finished with 82 wins. They're above 500. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Did you Late see this on the broadcast? I, I didn't even. It didn't. I didn't even process. Three of the five years that David Bell has managed the Reds, he has a winning record. Yeah, and how many uh, winning seasons have the Reds had in the past like twenty years? Not it, many. it hasn't been a lot. No. So it's kind of impressive when you sit back and you think like, oh shit. Yeah. Speaking of the grand scheme of things, not just you know where we have gone from the previous season, but the previous you know decade. Seemingly, it's just it's been a, a quite a haul. But like you were saying before about how bad it does feel, but it takes a lot to it takes a lot of positives to feel the way we do now because we realize that the Reds are as good as what uh, we are hoping they're going to be. They're much better than what we thought they were going to be. Right. Um, it's impressive that we got to this point and we are so excited for next year. And we also realized that it wasn't a fluke that we were there. We had it. We were so close. So, I mean, everyone is so, I can't remember like a season, uh, you know, where I'm just as excited yeah. leading up to it. We were watching Reds baseball and hoping to get into the playoffs until September 30th. Yeah. That's just nuts. It's great. I mean, I, I mean, I think we've, I mean, to, to, you know, we don't want to, you know, we're beating the gapper here, but mm-hmm. it's just like, man, that's so, it's just impressive, but it's still a bummer. And next year, like you said, very excited. And the Reds already made a move for their future. They uh, promoted Nick Crawl to uh, president of baseball operations. Yeah, that's big. Very exciting stuff. The details of the contract were not, uh, were not given to the public. It's all disclosed. If you made me guess... Bell's on a three-year extension. I would have to assume it's like a five, six-year deal. Yeah. With a sizable pay increase. Mm-hmm. They give him a few more ball caps. A few more ball caps. Yeah. Hey, man, here's a couple more steaks. And a couple buckets of bubble gum. <laughs> Do you already, you already have a fungo, right? Yeah, okay, then we'll get it to you in like the next five or Ooh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll re-up later. Mm. But I'm like, I've been just thinking about his tenure Overall, I'm 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 glad. I'm very happy. We are in great hands with this dude. 
okay? What he has done is pretty impressive. He helped build this farm system to where it is today with getting all this young talent and promoting them through and having the mindset of let the kids play, and it worked out great this year. Changed the trajectory of this Reds, you know, franchise. Yeah, for the next five, six years. Mm -hmm. He took them to a place where it's like, okay, well, we now have an established pipeline. We know what we're doing. Excellent scouts are in place uh, on, on all fronts, international, college, high school. These scouts have proven they know what they're doing. Um, so he assembled that. And in 2021 or 2022, he knew when to clean house and he got excellent returns. I mean, for Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray. Um, Those are a lot of, of tough decisions, too, that he caught a lot of flack for. Ton. People were just like, oh, man, sell the team. They're just being cheap. No, if you want to rebuild, that's going to be the blueprint for years to come for mm. so many clubs is how he handled that and got such a great return. The other thing that he's done really well, minor league signings. Brandon Drury, Tyler Naquin, Ian Jabot, basically most of this bullpen right. that was taxed and overly used, all for cheap. And him and DJ knew what they were looking for, knew what their profile was for a reliever, how it would fit within their system. And it mostly worked. Yeah, they're one of the biggest reasons why we got over 80 wins this season. Yeah. Was, Think of how many innings the bullpen had to eat up and eat up early. Yeah, Ian Jabot had the third most appearances in all of baseball. Wild. Alexis Diaz, third in saves. I mean, not a guy that he got on a minor league deal, but still something that the the scouts, the international scouts found and brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Brandon Drury flipping him for Victor Acosta. Tyler Naquin, the minor league invitee, flipping him for 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 prospects that were into top 15 for other for the Mets and their organization. But there is flaws. Okay. He's never traded for a big piece that helps immediately. Why do you think that is? I think he's afraid he's going to get fleeced. Okay. I, like a little bit of, uh, he doesn't want to have the buyer's remorse, just thinks like he trusts uh, maybe a lot in like his initial building of a team and then just removing or adding pieces is a little concerning to him. I don't think it's adding and removing. I think it's more of the fact that he was a scout, came up, mm -hmm. found these guys, and trusts his guys, the, the, the people that he found. So he's like, well, why would I discredit what they're doing and go out and get somebody else's, okay. you know, their pieces? When we have ours, we just need to be patient. So it's a little bit of a respect thing, too, I guess, like with the in terms of getting like the scouts involved. It's yeah. like you want to – show them that you trust their decisions by letting everything you know happen the way it's intended but then right. things happen and you want to be able to make adjustments right and they did they have i mean a great example of that is 2021 that team was fun and they were clicking on all cylinders offensively but that bullpen was so terrible they went out and they got michael Givens, luis sesa and justin wilson no i mean no one really of note not really a big impact when mm -hmm. they came here it, it, it was just a, it was just a uh, just a middle move. Yeah, nothing that moved the needle to get that team into the wild card spot. Uh, albeit, if we did have expanded playoffs that season, the Reds would have made it. But that's a moot point. The biggest problem there is that they didn't capitalize and missed out by like three or, by about six by three or four games, if I remember correctly. Even though the Cardinals went on a crazy run and won like seventeen in a row, and they had their St. Louis Devil magic. It still is just not enough. And then this year, too. Yeah, when you look at it, uh, how many games did it come down to here? Two. That could have been corrected with a high leverage reliever. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I mean, how close the end of this season is going to come down to. And when you're really looking at it, you got to start counting innings, counting games here of like, who can we rely on to make sure we get past, you know, whatever threshold, you know, we thought number wise. Um, so yeah, that is an issue when you just have uh, some guy making those decisions uh, who isn't necessarily going for it when you got to make an audible outside like your preferred method and you just instead just lay it up and it's just yeah. like why even go through the effort? Why even bother? Yeah. Why even bother? I mean, look, Sam Mall was a great trade. Mm -hmm. He's got he well, doesn't start arbitration until 2025 when he's 33. So you hope you get maybe one or two more good above well above average years out of him. Yeah. Um, for a guy who went and started, I think he started one or two games for the A's and 
four walks, five Ks. So it was just exactly what we thought he was going to be. So, mm-hmm. but that was such a great, that was a great move, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. We don't know what the asking price was for a starting pitcher. We don't know what the asking price was. And a lot of the starting pitchers at the deadline didn't work out. The only one who really did was, um, was Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. In his last three starts, he's got like a 0.63 ERA. The guy's been disgusting. But that is, that is the, that's one of the flaws in Crawl's game. And then we have a giant unknown. Major free agent signings. Yeah. Has he made any? The answer is no. <laughs> no. They haven't had money to spend. Yeah. They haven't had it. They've had to eliminate they've had to eliminate and and cut in DFA like Mike Mustakis, Shogo Akiyama. Um and then they got Bottle coming off the books next year potentially. Like that right there is like 45 46 million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot that they'll be able to use and to make this team better. Now, look at who he has signed when, when he's had some flexibility. Will Myers, Tommy Pham. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Pham was a little bit of success. I mean, we yeah, did bring in some good. prospects. Uh, a prospect. Will Myers, Tommy Pham, Hunter Strickland, Sean Doolittle. Those were the big four that he has signed. Yeah, and that didn't really work out so well. I mean, Pedro Stroke. Yeah, I mean, I thought Will Myers was going to have a lot better. I mean, I think everyone thought Will Myers was do better than what he ended up doing. But uh, yeah, that that is a, a big unknown. And I really hope now seeing you know how the timeline has sped up with these players uh, once they recalibrate things going into uh, you know preseason ball. What are they going to come up with as a solution to get past the hump and get into the playoffs? Because that would be – it would be amazing to see like some sort of uh, – it's just very interesting to see what moves are going to happen. Oh, I'm excited too. I, we get we get ready to uh, do one of our favorite things next week. Ooh, speculate. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, overall, Nick Kroll's done a phenomenal job, but there's flaws to his game, and there's an unknown. And I'm really excited to see what he does this offseason. And when the stove starts getting hot – I want to see how he's cooking, dude. Yeah, because it did feel a little bit like we got cucked this year a bit, like anticipating like a big trade perhaps. Didn't really happen. Tea leaves, who knows uh, what the year could have turned out to be. But I know that people are really itching to see some more action coming up for next year. Yeah, I am very, very excited. Mm-hmm. We'll see, buddy. I'm just, oh, God. I, he's just done. I'm not trying to be like. I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just trying to lay it out. I'm just trying to lay out like, hey, man, he's been awesome, but let's come back down to earth a little bit and see what happens. But congratulations on the extension. We're very excited. We're very happy to have you here. We're happy to have someone here with a plan. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like uh, you got a direction that you really want to take this organization. Yeah, and if you need any advice on free agent signings and who to target, just just give me a call. You got my number. Yeah, you, you know can come I mean? over with uh, Vado over here, too, if you want. Again, you got to bring your own chair. Um, we'll squeeze you in. <laughs> we'll squeeze you in. We'll do, uh, we'll do oh, a live negotiation here. I think so. We'll do like a semicircle roundtable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys can negotiate his contract, his buyout, and see yeah, if he'll yeah. come back. We'll just do it live on air. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. That really helps negotiations. Oh, totally. Yeah, just total transparency with uh, just about everyone in the nation. I think also maybe they were too transparent at the deadline. They were like, yeah, we'll buy. Yeah, we'll bring it in. We'll do stuff. And then they're just like, yeah. I mean, they were just showing their cards early, but uh, mm-hmm. it turns out they really didn't have anything. They didn't have anything. It was just a giant bluff to get mm-hmm. us all excited. But we also don't know what the asking price was. So. True. So, uh, Brandon Williamson on Friday looked fine. Six innings pitched, five it five hits, two earned runs, gave up a homer. Had two strikeouts. His velocity dipped again to mm-hmm. 92.7 miles per hour. Um, he was cooked. I mean, he's cooked. He's going to yeah. go back, rebuild up his strength, get back on a throwing program, and you'll look good as new. Uh, yeah, Oof. I'm excited to see how he's going to look next year. He, We keep waiting to have uh, that breakout game with him where he, everything starts clicking. You keep seeing, like, you know, every you know couple batters, things are looking great, and then he'll have an ending where he just kind of falls off and confidence dips. But, yeah, I mean, this has just kind of been his year. Well, he um, had that stretch right right before he got COVID. He had, like, five quality starts in a row. Mm-hmm. And he was he was clicking, and then he got the fake disease. Yeah, right. What was it like the flu or something? You big baby. <laughs> Where'd grandma go? 
Oh, Gam Gam, she gone forever. She died of the coffee sneezies. <laughs> so uh, I, I think he'll be he'll be right as rain when he comes back. And what a great way to close out his rookie year, man. Guy I came think up so. in May yeah. and he 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 kept the Reds in a lot of games. He also took over a few. So lots of optimism moving forward with him. Then we had the bullpen day. Connor Phillips got fucking rocked to start it. Fernando Cruz got rocked. Buck Farmer got rocked. Etane got a little rocked. I mean, it's just like, it was a rough day for those boys. You could tell they were tired and it was over. Yeah, man, it seemed that way. I was, uh, I couldn't watch the game. I was checking out on my phone. Just couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> it was crazy, man. I feel, yeah. I feel for him, but I feel for all those boys, but... When you're done, you're done. Yeah, they're spent. Uh, and that's not something like I'm putting very little, uh, y- you know, on that uh, performance that they had because they've just been tired. This isn't like who they are. They- they're just absolutely gassed at this point. That's not a reflection on the, the caliber of pitching. No. And uh, Hunter Green on Sunday, five innings pitched, four in runs, nine hits, a walk, six Ks. Woof. Another woof day for the boy. Not great, Bob. He was living in the middle again, but he was living middle, middle, middle out, middle in. His changeup, he threw it six times, and the hard contact percentage on that, which means the ball was hit faster than 95 miles per hour, was 100%. Dear Lord, man. Uh, Yeah, he's just, uh, he's not confusing people at this point. He's not that crisp. I don't know. I mean, is it his tunneling that's happening, or, or he tired? He tired. All these guys are so tired. They're ready to ready to go night night. Yeah, I guess when it comes down to it, like even like uh, when you're fatigued, I mean, it just affects everything. You know, yeah. uh, your accuracy, uh, your your effectiveness on like how you know, your spin rate goes. Yeah. So this is just a product of it. His, I mean, his velocity didn't change. His average pitch was ninety eight point three miles per hour. His slider mm. was eighty six point four miles per hour. It actually dropped point nine miles per hour, which is actually what you want to see anyway. Mm. And his changeup dropped. Uh, 1.7 miles per hour as well over that start. So it's kind of, it, it, it's just he's tired. He's ready to go. He gave you he gave you five. And Carson Spears came in, dude. Three innings pitch, no earned runs. He finished that on Sunday. Then he's getting on a plane, flying to Arizona, and is in the Arizona Developmental League. How about that? That shows you how thin this pitching staff was. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, the amount of frequent flyer miles they have to be racking up and just <laughs> driving up and down 71. It's nuts, dude. Wild. It's crazy. So, yeah, I'm bummed they didn't make the playoffs by two games. We're really, It really does suck, but then it's like... If they did make moves, we wouldn't have been limping in like this. True. And there are like, uh, you know, there's games that stand out, things you can go back on and just really dwell like, ah, man, this sucked. We had that one. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that, I mean, you can go back and look at how many one-run games these guys, you know, were able to win, how many times they just really gritted through something. I mean, that is just a, a tenacious team right there. So... Tied for comeback wins. Yeah. So looking back on this year, it's hard for me to even want to even look at like the the losses. You know, I'm just really excited. Like we've we've said for for next year for these guys, put 162 game you know campaign together. Yeah. Man, that'd be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see what Talking Baseball posted? They're like, no. dudes who played all 162. No. Did you see who one of them was? No. Hey, Eugenio Suarez, our baby boy. Oh, nice. It just sucks now because, like, also the Mariners didn't make it, so my West Coast team didn't make it. It's like. Yeah, that's a bummer. We'll get to the postseason yeah. in a second. Uh, offensively, I mean, shit, they had 19 goddamn runs on Friday. That was wild. They were just coming out a swinging. Swing. Well, they have uh, six home runs, something like that. Yeah, it was freaking nuts. Uh, was it Tyler Stevenson had two of them? Mm-hmm. Or Tyler Stevenson had a dinger. Senzel had a dinger. Martini had two dingers. C- Steer had a dinger. CES had a dinger. This is all over the weekend. I mean, it's f- they just came out. Did we talk since Ellie's two home run game? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was Couldn't on uh, Wednesday night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but like the bats have just been uh, heating up. I mean, uh, Marte having it, what is it? Uh, how many game hitting streak now? Eight games. And then 22, I think, on base, something like that. Yeah. 
The guy's been absolutely on fire. I mean, think about this. For, I, I took a little sample from the whole month. So career games 12 through 35. Mm-hmm. How this guy is starting 384, 17, 544 with a 961 OPS. Three homers, 13 ribs. I mean... Yeah, 12 strikeouts to four walks, too. Like, that's a pretty solid percentage, I'd have to say. Oh, absolutely, dude. And there's a crispness to how he plays. It's fun getting to watch like him just perform. Mm. It's great seeing like these guys at CES coming together, too. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like we'll, we'll break down the full seasons uh, next week, but it's just like you just keep daydreaming about this lineup. Yeah, I'm left wanting more baseball, and I'm excited so much. Having yeah. to seen like how it's been coming together. I heard a rumor, a very oh. disgusting rumor from a source. Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten it confirmed, and we probably won't know till spring training. But someone was saying moving uh, Ellie to center field. So then you would put Marte at short, and then you could put India in his natural position at third. Mm-hmm. McLean at second, CS at first. I mean, I'm curious to see. I think, like, Ellie's such a natural athlete that I'm not sure how much of a hindrance that'll be. Uh, and I am curious to see how he can just run freewheeling out in the outfield. Yeah. But I don't know enough about, uh, you know, his makeup as an athlete, as a baseball player specifically, if that is going to affect him, mostly physically. Yeah. Uh, and also mentally. So I don't know if that's a good decision. Uh, it sounds very enticing, yeah. but uh, do you have any more knowledge about like what you think? Has he ever really done extensive amount of time in the outfield? No, no. here's my fear. He is the fastest man on, on, on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the fastest throwing shortstop. Some record-breaking numbers. Here's my fear. Look what happened to Nick Senzel when they moved into center field. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't stop being hurt. And he's and his frame. I mean, he's not uberly skinny, but he's also not thick. Like, I would be afraid that would put a lot of wear and tear on the tires. Yeah, and I'm also thinking too. When she talked about him just being, you know, one of the fastest uh, men on the planet, he's going to be prone to injury. Hopefully not if they do indeed do this. But just having him run full speed, he loves, you know, knocking up a radar gun with his speed. He's going to try to run as fast as he can. He's going to try to make some big plays. Big plays do tend to result sometimes in big injuries, colliding with other players. It just seems to be, if that's just his whole field out there, he's going to use every bit of it. And that's going to include, you know, the wall, uh, fence, you know, uh, the first couple rows, you know, in the in left field. It's just going to be hopefully not a situation where he uh, gets himself injured. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with uh, Jazz in, in Miami. Like, he, yeah. he was hurt a couple times, and he was already injury prone and hurt himself diving and all that stuff. So a guy that you have so much invested in for the future, you're like, uh, it'd be cool. It, and in theory, pretty rad. I don't know. I don't know if I would if I would do it. Yeah, I almost want to keep uh, that uh, a bit more safe. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, he's just too uh, precious of a commodity to just have him just burning rubber yeah. out there. I just don't think uh, that's going to result. It's, it's yeah, I don't. I don't like it. He'd look really fucking cool doing it. He'd look fucking great. <laughs> I mean, so for like a cool. season or two, it'd be awesome. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you burn out the tires, and you just fucking crash into the wall, and all of a sudden, Dad's Maserati is yeah. toast. Well, especially you've got Arroyo coming up behind. You know, he's in he's in high A. He finished in high A, but expect him to be in double A next season. And shit, he could finish out next season in triple A, and you already have another shortstop. We saw, that could be a long term answer. Yeah, we saw some more people coming up, um, and honestly. Uh, I don't want to rearrange an infield to keep Jonathan India, you know, like at third or second or something like that. Right. I don't- Especially after the month he had. 200, 355, 400 slugging, OPS of 755, a little bit of floating around average. So I, I don't know how much you want to push India to be like, and, and his availability this year, a couple trips on the IL, man. Like, yeah. You don't know his availability, and that's availability is a skill set, mm-hmm. and you wanted to play. I mean, he played 119 games this year, still found a way to play, but not well. He didn't look as good as he did like in 2021. No, and I know a lot of this had to do, uh, you know, in between the ears situation. It was a lot of mental stuff going on with Jonathan this year, but yeah, uh, he's not 
a Jonathan India piece doesn't move uh, an Ellie De La Cruz piece. It doesn't no. equal the same. So I don't think we need to work around. You know, he, he was our rookie of the year. Uh, he's a great clubhouse presence, I, I imagine. But I mean, you don't sacrifice. They sacrificed so much this past year just to keep him in the three hole when it just didn't make sense to keep him there. And why they moved around to the leadoff spot beyond me. Yeah. But yeah, I don't understand why they're working around this player that could, if you if you take out his name, he could probably easily be moved. Sure. Here's the other thing: is like. Moving him as in here's one of my here's a bold one for you guys. Mm. I don't think he's getting traded this offseason. He didn't have enough he didn't have a productive enough year to yield the return that you want for a everyday, almost everyday second baseman who's a leadoff hitter mm-hmm. that didn't have a great year. Yeah, I his mean if value you, dropped. Yeah, if you want to get a starting pitcher, you're you're not trading him to get that. You're gonna have to go to the open market, and you're gonna have to pay for it. And I think they mm-hmm. should. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, that, that's that's what I think. Is it right? Is it gonna be right? I don't fucking know. I just love to speculate. Yeah, it's so much fun. Dude. Mm, yeah. Speculate. Mm. Uh, let's speculate about this postseason, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lead it off for me, Daddy. What you got here? Sign. Do you want me to go all the way down? Go. I'll do. Okay. 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 Do it. Do it up. Start from the wild card. Let me see if I got this Work right your way here. through. Okay, so I have for the AL wild card. I have the Twins over the Blue Jays. Ooh. I got the Rays. Over the range. And with the Twins, I mean, they got Sonny Gray. I think that's going to be uh, real nice. Uh, Rays over the Rangers. Okay. Let me go to the NL wild card, if you yeah, don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. I got the Brewers over the D-backs. Um, I just think that's just going to be uh, – they, they're such a solid team. Although they just had Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. Who's out now, so that could change things. But I still got them beating the D-backs. I got Phillies over the Fish. And moving on to the AL division – I have the Astros over the Twins. Okay. O's over the Rays. I like that. NL division. Dodgers over the D. Oh, do I have D-backs? I have Dodgers over uh, Brewers. Okay. And I got Braves over Phillies. Ooh. Yep, yep, yep. And then we're going over to AL. Uh, Astros over the O's. Then I got uh, the NL. got the Braves over the Dodgers. Okay. And for my World Series... I have the Braves winning the 2023 World Series over the Astros. Okay, there we go. Yeah. The Braves. I mean, they're an offensive juggernaut. I just think I'm also uh, thinking that would be a really fun matchup, too. I just want to see that offense with Atlanta in the World Series under those lights. It'd be nasty. Mm -hmm. All right, buddy. What you got? Here's what I got. Okay. I got Toronto in three over Minnesota. I got Tampa over Texas. Texas, I love the Rangers. Spent a lot of time in that ballpark in Arlington as a child. Mm -hmm. But that bullpen's such a mess. Yeah. And I don't see him performing under the bright lights. Getting getting through Tampa in three will be interesting to see if they can. But I I think Texas is going to take one of those. And it's probably going to be a Jordan Montgomery star where he pitches like seven innings and yeah. just eats eats so many innings, and is just excellent. Um, and then my NL, I have Arizona, Milwaukee. I got Milwaukee in three. Okay. Miami, Philly. I got Philly in two. They're going to take care of business there. And then my ALDS, I've got. Toronto versus Houston. I got Toronto in five. Damn. I got Tampa versus Baltimore. I got Baltimore in five. Okay. NLDS. Uh, Milwaukee versus LA. LA in four. Okay. LA's offense is going to overcome that bullpen and that starting pitching. And Milwaukee will not be able to score enough runs to keep up with the Dodgers. Okay. Phillies versus Braves. I got the Phillies in five. Oh, man, that's going to be a fun game. I really hope that uh, happens. The Phillies have been playing more meaningful baseball than Atlanta has for the past few months. Very true. Okay? Keep that in mind. ALCS. Toronto versus Baltimore. I got Toronto in six. Oh, baby. Baltimore does not have the starting pitching to be able to outlast Toronto in seven games. Okay. Especially losing Bautista. Uh, and I think Cano is still out as well. The back end is a little iffy for Baltimore. I just I love the kids. I love what they're doing. They're going to be good for a really long time. But give me Toronto in six. 
NLCS. Dodgers versus Phillies. Phillies in seven. Woo! The Dodgers Phillies. don't have the starting pitching that would match up with the Phillies. And look, I understand I'm throwing Taiwan Walker in there as a three starter for the Phillies. But that Phillies bullpen is built for October. Yeah. They they that was their one of their that was one of their flaws last season. And they got to the World Series. And it seems like things are clicking for them right now. It's clicking. Adding Kimbrell has been huge for that team. And adding Lorenzen two to be a swing. Come on. World Series Toronto versus the Philadelphia Phillies. I got the Phillies in seven. Oh, man. Too many stars. So many stars. So many. So much star power. Schwarber, Harper, Casty. I mean, good God. Follow that up with, like I said, with those two. You got 1A, 1B mm -hmm. with, with Wheeler and Nola. And then the bullpen shutting it down. Though it'll be a it'll be a a three true outcome World Series. That'll be very entertaining. Three to one, two to three, those kind of games. But I got the Phillies winning it all, just because of the way that roster is constructed and what they did last year, and they just picked it up. And oh my God, they added Trey Turner, who just got hot three yeah. weeks ago. And all those dudes, a lot of those dudes just know how to play uh, in October. So that's going to be something uh, to see. Those uh, guys that p play best under the lights, see them turn it on. Yeah. Schwarber. Schwarber's the only guy who's homered for the AL and NL in, post in the postseason. Yeah. He's a fucking monster. And he also takes out the garbage after he's done. He does that all the time. <laughs> he's crazy. Just out of habit. It's not. Yeah. Nuts. He's just. Bust. You guys going to eat this? You going to have that? He's just he's just bussing the dugout. <laughs> he's done. No, we got guys to do that. <laughs> no, no, you can, you, you can put that away. Don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, I just really think that the Phillies have have the best shot and plus twelve hundred on Fanduel. So if you want to put ten bucks down, you win one hundred twenty bucks for the Phillies to win the World Series. I still need to. I, I need to make uh, some sort of bet here. Make uh, an interesting uh, situation yeah. happen because I haven't done the. Uh, the DraftKings or anything else that I said I would. But you I need to start gambling away my money. That's yeah. the next step here for me. Yeah, I believe in you. I think you can do it. Thank I you, think buddy. You can bet the mortgage finally. Yeah, I think I can. Why not? Well, well. Uh, next time we do this pod next year, uh, it'll be outdoors. <laughs> uh, might have a tent. Yeah, might have. A I remember when I used to live over there. Yeah, <laughs> I made that driveway. <laughs> Now you're like, oh, now I live behind the playpen. <laughs> Not that bad. Not that bad. Smells great. Yeah. <laughs> Smells Quite great. The so uh, let's round third and head for home, shall we? Yeah. What you got this week? Um, what do I have this week? I'm not really sure. Um, just check me out on all the uh, Instagram stuff. Chris Weir, CW. Uh, I will be at uh, in St. Louis coming up uh, for Flavor Fest uh, in November. So check me out there. Seriously, follow me on all the things. Uh, and what about you, Billy? What Thursday, you got? Lost and Found, 8 o'clock. we got a great show. Max Fine will be closing it out. He's a nice. funny, funny Braves fan. Oh, yeah. So that's what I've got coming up this week. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you to, uh, to In The Clutch, InTheClutch.com. Check out all the postseason shirts we're going to be having. New na uh, Nasty Boys, all caps, 10% off. Thank you to Sports Drink for hosting the audio of this podcast. And thanks to you, Chris, for uh, doing it this week. Yeah, doing it as always. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. And thank you, Nasty Nation, for stopping on by. Oh, there it is, yeah. Nasty Nation. So, yeah, thanks, Nasty Nation, for coming by, watching, listening. We appreciate it. And as always... Go red legs. Go red legs. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.